0: So welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. I do hope that this week has been good to you or you've had the strength to get through some really hard things. Since we've talked last, we've all seen the news, I'm sure, and have had things that brought tears to our eyes out of sadness and tears to our eyes out of beauty and, um, and joy. So our hearts just joined together in these moments. This virus has has caused us to live differently than we are used to living. And some of that has been a struggle and some of that has induced fear and anxiety and angst and even contention you know, between people, good people trying to do good things in different ways. Um, And so it's not been easy. and, And so today, I wanted to just look back in the two weeks that the virus has really started to affect where I live in Rhode Island. And we can list the struggles. But I wanted to go back and say, You know, in the last two weeks, I've had time where I've cried more in joy than I have in sadness or struggles. And I just want to tell you about some of the things that I've discovered in the midst of this pandemic. For one, giving a stay-at-home order causes me to have a lot more time even though I think I'm working harder and longer than I normally do, what I'm not doing is spending four to six hours in my car. I would take up that much time going to meetings or commuting or visiting or driving somebody somewhere. And I now have four to six hours that I didn't have. And I've exercised almost every day, which is always been a goal, but something I haven't done, I think, since the 1980s. And I'm healthier right now than before this virus came. The thing that I have really rediscovered though is that when I meet somebody, I can't flash my charming smile. I can't shake their hand. I can't give them a hug. And I'm not a great, I don't think about hugging when I meet people as much as I wish I did. Um, but I hug people when they're sad. And I've been around a lot of sadness and Either because I've been socially distant in a, in face to face meetings, or we've been on the phone or online. I can't hug people when I want to give them that feeling, you know? And so what it's called forth from me in all those instances is that I have to be more verbal than I usually am. And that's hard for some people to believe. But I've had to say what my handshake means. Instead of shaking hands, I've had to look people in the eye at six feet distance and say, I'm so very glad to see you. and you know, when you come into my life, it always makes my heart lighter. Or you always bring a smile to my face. Or, you know, I just feel stronger and more ready to face things when you're around. And I've instead of giving people hugs of comfort, I've had to say to them, you know, I really love you and I know God loves you and I wish that I could give you a hug so that you could feel that from me and more importantly, that you could feel that from God. But I just want you to know that even though we can't do that physically, that you are so very precious to God, and to me, and to so many people. And and you are in God's arms when you can't be in our arms. And it's amazing. I mean, I have brought people to tears sometimes with a hug, because they just feel loved. But daily now, I'm saying things to people that bring tears to their eyes because their heart is touched. And then, you know, the the news has been good at trying to report all the people that are trying to make a difference and all the people that are trying to say thank you to the people that are making a difference. And that's so wonderful. And I love the post that says, when this is all done, we need to have... A ticker tape parade for the, for the first responders and the doctors and the nurses and the truck drivers and, and all those people that are on the front line. And that's so beautiful. I've had today, I had two ministers meetings and we're actually talking and supporting one another and encouraging each other in our ministries and and offering help and suggestions to make things better in other people's ministry and churches um, where usually we are so busy and so caught up we get myopic in our own little parishes and and If anything, we talk to each other in competition and in defense so that nobody steals one of our sheep. Um, And and instead, we're being truly collegial. We use that term all the time, but we hardly ever are. Now we are, and it's making a difference in all of our ministries. And those are just a few of the things that have made my life and my ministry better. Um, what do you think, Kim?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, that's so nice. And I think um, I was talking to uh, my sister-in-law, Tara, the other day, and she was saying, like, how are things going for you? How has it been? And I think one thing that's been interesting for me is how little my life has changed. Our lifestyle kind of is already very <laughs> slow. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: we don't commute, you know, we don't go anywhere. We, we live and serve in the same location. I spend um, a lot of time with my husband. Um, so I, I think a lot of things for me actually are the same. Um, and one of, one of the things that has changed is that uh, in the community that I live we gather as often as possible at 4.30 in the morning to do our meditation practice and we haven't been doing that um, because we don't want to gather in a group and so I have instead been making it just a goal to get up before the sun rises and the sun rises here about So I'm trying to get up when it's still dark, when it's still nighttime. Um, And I had this real strong realization the last few days that I did it, um, that you think that the difference in time between day and night is big. Like when I think of day, I have images of like birds singing and the green leaves and the bright blue sky and the bright sunshine. And when I think of night, I think of like quiet, dark, black and white feeling of like the, the night sky. And what I've been noticing while watching the sunrise is that the transition between night and day is not really that big. Like I get up and I try really hard to get up when it still feels like night. So it's only six, but it couldn't very well be three. It's so dark, you know, there's no lights out there. And then I sit in front of my window and I just watch it slowly, slowly get brighter and brighter and brighter. And all of a sudden it's day. Like it happens mm-hmm. so fast, like to the point that where sometimes if I just go and put milk in my tea, I miss it. I miss that yeah. magic transition time. Yeah. And, It's just been a real interesting meditation for me to see how something that I thought was so different, so black and white, day and night, is actually so close and that the transition between the two are so close. And I think what that's given me is in some ways hope um, because, you know, like the same kind of as the lesson of the solstice, like, you know, in the darkest times, like the light is still returning and so I think it gives hope in that even if it feels like things aren't going your way it might not be quite the uphill battle that you imagined like that there might be a miracle or a transition that is much quicker and easier than you anticipated but I think it also made me think about this transition that we're all going through that Hmm. it can happen so quickly you know I mean it's been a few weeks here now but We actually went away, we went camping on a Tuesday night three weeks ago, and when we went, people were talking about coronavirus, but there wasn't enough to make us cancel our camping trip. We went for one night, and when we got back, everything had changed. It was like yep. the day that Tom Hanks announced that he had coronavirus. Yep. Yep. They started canceling school. They canceled our Sunday service. It was like everything happened in that twenty four hours that I had my phone on airplane mode at the campground, you know? And it was just such a quick transition. And I'm kind of anticipating that as we move forward in these weeks to come, we're gonna have quicker and quicker transitions you know the first phone call that someone we know has coronavirus or um, the sudden spike in the numbers you know that everyone says is coming and i at least where i am that wave hasn't really crashed yet but i'm kind of anticipating it and one of the things i was thinking on that is that you have are actually uniquely qualified to advise us all because you have been a part of so many people's transitions in both good and challenging times. Um, you know, you're famously yep. a part of like all the yep. weddings and the baby yep. blessings and the baptisms, yep. but you're also very famously a part of the funerals and the divorces and the suicide yeah. attempts and... Yeah. Um, I feel like as a kid and even now, you were always kind of coming home saying, like, yeah, this is what happened today. And it was these emergency moments in life, these sudden shifts. Yeah. Um, So I was thinking maybe you could advise us a little on how you would guide us in handling the transitions that have already happened and preparing ourselves for some challenging transitions that might be ahead.
0: Yeah! Wow. Um, thanks for the build up, but uh, um, uh, as as in most things in life, I think um, the the answers that I have to offer are the simplest, maybe not the easiest to hold on to, but the simplest and and you shared one of them you know i w- what you shared much more beautifully is covered in that old adage that it's always darkest before the dawn you know that that the darkness at 5:59 seems like midnight yeah and then it's 6:01 the lights out and the birds are singing and the grass looks green. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. You know? It's amazing. And and to experience those two minutes where that first light hits and and the birds the birds start chirping even before the first light hits. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they know it inside, you know, and then that first light hits and then it feels warmer, (laughs) you know, and, and, and it's day, you know, Um, that there's a truth there that in the, in the darker times of life where I've been, I try to share that with people. That, that this is really, really a terrible time. Let's not try to make it beautiful. It's dark here. Yeah. It's scary and it's sad and you're angry and it's, it stinks. Yeah. Um, but, but the days and the nights and the days and the nights teach us that day is coming. And we're, we're around our Easter time, you know, it's like I, I often go to the tomb when I'm sitting in someone's darkness I'm say, and say to them, here we are in the tomb where the person we believe to be God on earth has died. Yeah. It doesn't get any worse than that. Right. You know, but tomorrow this stone is gone and Christ is risen and we have life. I said, you are in the tomb right now and it's terrible. But this is not your final destination. The light is coming. Dawn is coming. That's what our day and night and day and night teaches us. You know, that's easy to say when I'm not sitting in the darkness. Right. But it's true at that moment. And I hope that I have found the right time to share that with people as they're sitting in the dark. You know, to get them looking at that front door and saying, okay, I know God's with me right now, but I'll be happier when I see some light coming from the door, you know? Um, Yeah.
1: No, but I actually really appreciate that because I feel like you're not just... um, putting, like, a rainbow sticker on it. You're not just saying, like, the light is going to come. You know, you're saying it is dark right now, and you are in that darkness. And it's funny because, actually, you know, the other day I I hit snooze a couple times, and I woke woke up, and the dawn had already come, and I was so mad because (laughs) I love that when I get up, it's dark. Yes, yes. And I get to watch it become light yeah you know I yeah. want that darkness because the light is so much more enjoyed if I've yeah. experienced the darkness, and I think that's helpful for me because even today, like, as I was preparing for this recording, i I hadn't eaten enough today. I wasn't feeling that great. I had just spent a lot more time on the computer than I wanted helping my boss with like a difficult, challenging thing yeah. and and like I was trying to like quickly get myself ready. And my phone rang, and it was a friend who had already tried to call me, and I hadn't called her back yet, and I just didn't want to pick it up, and I just hit dismiss because I just didn't have the bandwidth, and then I started to feel bad about it. And then I just actually said out loud to myself, like, it's okay. You can't do it all right now.
0: Right.
1: You know, you're you're preparing for this podcast. So you're doing that service. You know, you're, you just made a meal that you're going to try to sit down and eat before you need to do that. And so you're serving your body. You just finished up this project with your boss. And so you're serving in that way. Like, it's okay that right now you can't do it all. Right. You know? And I right. think that's been helpful for me during this time of darkness too. Right really acknowledge the challenges and acknowledge my limitations and not try to say like, it's going to be better. It's going to, it's, this is going to be fine again, you know, or, yeah, and just kind of push it away. But yeah, yeah, to be able just to take those moments throughout the day and be like, wow, this is hitting me harder than I expected. Or like, or maybe you could have easily bounced back when your boss sent that tough email, but now it's, not easy to bounce back. And and just giving yourself some space and grace and just being like, yeah, it's dark right now. (laughs) And it's okay if I'm fumbling through that darkness in a way that I don't normally do.
0: Right. I had a friend in my first church. Early on in my ministry, her daughter died. And it happened to be at the same time that my son was born. And so i would go from the moments of holding the most precious gift that god had ever shared with me to try to minister to this woman who just lost the most precious gift that god had ever shared with her and it was dark it was dark there's no making that better and Instead of me ministering, you know, I think she would say I was a help at times. But instead of me ministering to her, she ministered to me by allowing me to sit with her in that darkness. But some of the things that she shared with me through that have given me things that I don't know. I haven't lost my child, you know. I don't know that darkness, but she shared with me thoughts that I can share with other people when they have lost the most precious thing they have ever had. And one of the things I remember her saying is, this stinks and I'm furious with God, but he's the only one that can help me through this. And to me, that's a verbal sharing of, it's dark. Yeah. But but I know the day is coming. She taught me that you can be furious with God and still turn to God and tell God that you're furious with him. You know, because what God cares about is that you're in relationship.
1: Yeah it triggered something in my mind that someone once said to me that sometimes in those darkest, dark places, when you can't think of any reason why this has happened to you, you can't think of any positive that's going to come from this or any silver lining. Sometimes the only thing that a tragedy can turn into that's positive is that you will at one point in the future be able to see somebody who has <laughs> just been freshly wounded in the same way that you were and yep. you can lift like your sleeve and show them how your wound has scarred over yep. and
0: yeah
1: and i think Yeah, we don't know what the days ahead are going to bring. And I think, I mean, God willing, not many of us will experience like deep, deep loss in this. But if that does come, I think that that is at least something that we can hold on to. And I think that's what your friend gave you and that that's a way that we will be able to connect in the future even if it is through a darkness you know, that yep. someday decades from now we will meet someone who will go through something like what we're going through now and we'll be able to lift yep. our sleeve and show them how that wound has scarred over
0: yeah yeah that's the only redeeming reason to go through terrible things so this week and the weeks ahead. Most of us who are listening in this country are at the very bottom of a curve that's supposed to go up and come down. And we're working diligently to flatten that curve, but it's still a curve. And it could be violently high. We're going to have Some challenges, some sadnesses, some great sadnesses, some fear, some worry, some anger. I think that's coming. And our job is to remember what Amy has experienced sitting at the window, saying it's dark. I stumbled getting here because I couldn't see. And I could be a little scared but I'm looking for what strength I have here now, what gifts I have here now, and what's about to break upon my sight so that I can respond in relationship with myself, with my God, with my higher self and with others to make a difference and to be of service.
1: So much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast, and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks, see you next time.